Ready to build better benefits that maximize employee wellness? Join Infirmary Health and Rx Benefits June 4th ASHRA webinar as they discuss actionable advice for developing pharmacy programs with your pharmacy resources, how to build internal and external partnerships that boost employee wellness, and what pharmacy trends could impact future benefit design for all HR leaders. Register today. To learn more about Rx Benefits, visit employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in show notes. Hello, Asher listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Asher Podcast. I'm your co-host, Luke Kerrigan. Bo is not with me today. He couldn't make it down to Texas, probably because it's like 103, <laughs> but that's okay. I have the pleasure of being here with Iqbal Acha. Acha is a fellow podcaster. I'm going to let him in- introduce himself, but we're here at the Knacker Conference in Texas. It's the National Association of Healthcare Recruiters. Awesome bunch of people. And Iqbal actually just got elected president of Knacker as well. So we're super pumped to have you on the show. Uh, I don't get many podcasters on here, so let's let it rip. You know, this is, you. this is like being with like family, right? Like when right? brothers yes. and brothers sit down, it's like, I don't need to explain anything to you because we already have that mental connection. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. Luke, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. Very excited to be the new incoming. Well, I can't say incoming anymore. It's already been. You're, like, you're, you're, I'm it. So how long has this been? Like, is this inauguration day? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been about five hours since no I got way. voted in. Yes. So this is the, your party tonight. I am it, man. Yes. I'm it. Yep. So Terry Bennett uh, is going to be running the show for a year, and then I'll be like coming in behind her. So as the wow. president-elect, uh, my job is to support the president. But very excited to be here. Uh, I'm a pharmacist by trade. So no not, way. I kid you not. I kid you not. So for, for 15 years, uh, working as a pharmacist, building businesses, supporting other healthcare executives, associations, long-term care, transition into HR like most of us that just find ourselves falling into this beautiful <laughs> yep, opportunity. Yep. Uh, and for 17 years, I've been working as either an individual contributor, manager, director, or senior consultant helping other major organizations like Walmart, Anthem Health, Simpler, kind of redefine their talent acquisition processes. Now I do independent consulting, but here today, my job is to help support every healthcare recruitment professional and leader that's here get the most out of the value of NACR. Yeah, this is awesome. All right. So in your in your consulting world, I want to know, first question right off the bat, everything's changed in the past decade for recruitment. Yeah. What are you consulting on now? And what is like probably the top, top, let's say the top two problems where you're like, all right, I'm going into this and I know these two things are wrong because they're wrong everywhere. What are the first two things you go and fix? So it's a fascinating question, Luke. And I want to clarify, right? So the consulting I do, I mean, after doing 17 years of being on the back end of Fortune 1 and Fortune 30 companies, right? Like you get to think, oh, these guys are like huge, right? They have the money, they have the strategic sure. mind power. They've got it all fixed out. No, they don't. They do not. They do not, right? No. Everyone is struggling. I don't care if you're like a, you know, an institution, a two thousand or a company of two million like it's the same problems uh what i do now with the consulting is because i've had that healthcare and recruitment experience i am literally now taking the back-end knowledge and bringing it to healthcare executives and professionals that are like look i can't find a job i can't get myself into the door with these companies after five ten fifteen well, twenty years it's, it's hard it's very challenging right yeah. and the mechanisms that organizations have don't meld with what executives are thinking is the process right same thing with professionals so now i get to 
to say, listen, if you really want to move into this realm, this is how you're going to brand yourself. These are the tools that you need and the Ooh. techniques that you need, right? And it's a very different mindset for me to be able to kind of shift away from how do we find good talent and then take that and says, you are good talent. How do we get you noticed? That's fascinating. I was totally way off when I when I assumed. That's what, okay, you but know that's what? all right. But I uh, know a lot of consultants that are still doing what they've done in the in their previous lines of work. Sure, sure. Uh, but you know, sometimes uh, we had a great speaker this morning, Ann Bonnie, talking She's about great. change management. Right, you yep. were there, right? So you know, it's like you just got to be prepared to be able to do that mind shift and be like, "Wow, I never thought I could do this." Let's do so it. how do they switch then to market themselves? Because I I learned this. It's it's interesting you mentioned this. So a few years ago, I learned. So I guess I was a noob to it, right? I was like. Why do executives get such big packages when they leave a company? And then it, I learned very quickly, it takes forever for them to find a job. And yeah. It's very difficult. It's super. <laughs> it's insanely difficult. It absolutely is. So how do, you, how do you start them on that journey? What do you do to prep them for that? So it's, it's a good, deep, long, and regular conversation <laughs> with bet. a lot of these executives, right? Because they just have this they, – they're coming from a world where ideas are quickly translated into, ex, into executable actions, right? Like sure. here's, what we have, here's what we're facing. What, what's the three options? Go with A. Right. And that's it. Now they're expecting to be able to manifest that same philosophy and do it in their own career. And it's like, no, man, that's just really not how it works. So the first thing is, listen, you need to be able to a tap into the network that you have, but discreetly. And then number two, while there are some firms that will be able to help in executive placement, it's a process with them, too. So it's really a matter of being able to a understand that if you want to stay in the space that you're in as an executive, that you need to be able to be having, be open to having backdoor conversations on a regular basis to explore what opportunities are there today and in the next three to six months. So can the healthcare executives listening to this podcast, you know, hit you up if they, uh, might make a move confidentially, of course. Of course, yes. Yeah. I would be more than happy to speak with them about ways that they can expand their their reach, and then also to be able to give them some advice and guidance if they choose so. We're going to blow you up. We, <laughs> I love we, the I idea. get questions like this all the time, and Sweet. I haven't sent I haven't sent the executives anywhere. Oh, yet. fantastic! So, yeah, this worked out well. <laughs> Somewhat so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Referral fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem. I got to tell you. So we. I always touch on the personal side of things in here too. You seem genuinely happy. I am about what you're doing. So can you explain that a little? Just talk about that a little bit because not everyone's happy in what they do, but you can, you can see it on your, you know, I appreciate that look. And you know, it's, if you talked to me when I was like 32 or 33, you would have seen a very miserable human being. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, you'd, you'd think like, you know what, the, the pathway to this point at 32 was like, Oh my God, obviously, right. Loyola or your four year university, pharmacy school, job, uh, promotion, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it, it looks great on paper, right? But then you realize like, A, either you're just overwhelmed and you're like not prepared because you lack the confidence, lack the experience. Like for me at the, around the age of 35, 36, everything like fell apart. And that was a good thing. Really? Yeah. So I not only lost, I, I ended up having to sell all six of my independent businesses back then. So I was doing clinical consulting, business consulting, pharmacy technician training, independent pharmacy. Uh, and you know, like you're, you're like chugging coffee and you're like, you're eating sugar and you're doing everything that you can to stay up on top of everything on the professional side. 
on the personal side, everything is falling apart. Like I had two kids that I did not spend time with. I had a wife at that time I did not spend time with. I didn't really understand what my principles were, what my morals were, and like sure. what was like okay, right? Like this was the boundary. I didn't have that. So when everything fell apart, like it was a complete reset. And I ended up having to figure out who I was. It took me three years. It took me three years after the, around the age of 35 till I hit 38. And I was like, okay, I know what I value now. I know what my purpose is today, and I know that whatever I'm going to do, it has to pass through a, a filtration that I've designed that's going to be, is this healthy for me, is it healthy for my new family, uh, and is it healthy for my mind? And today, it's the same philosophy. I look at everything and I'm like, is it good for me, is it good for my family, and is it you know, good for the people that I want to serve? And if all three are yes, we're good. I love this. You know, a lot of people are going through this. I know a lot of listeners are. We have tons of listeners on here, and I know they're going through this. During that three-year period, if you had to recommend one thing, it could be a book, a podcast, heck, it could be a quote. Was there anything that you would just tell people like, hey, check this out if you're in this position and, you know, go down this path? Yeah, 100%. Uh, It's called the Landmark Forum. Now, it's really? not in every city and it's not in every state, but it is a weekend. Uh, we'll call it a retreat, right? You start like on a Friday, you go until Sunday, uh, and it, they literally help you mentally break down every single boundary, wall, border you've created for yourself. Yeah, you, know, you tell yourself, I can't do this. And here's why I can't do this, right? And they literally walk you through the steps. Like we had a room full of 200 people and every single one, Luke, every single one had an epiphany. At, at that, at the end of that retreat. Really? Yeah. And that is what changed it for me, right? Like I had a horrible relationship with my son when he was like growing up, right? But now we're best friends. And I'm not kidding that because he's wow. moved back up here from like Salt Lake City, Utah to be close to me. And that's like a remarkable difference from 18 years ago. So I'm, <clears throat> that's why I would say like I would strongly recommend the Landmark Forum as an opportunity for somebody to have some, some sort of an immersive experience rather than just some theoretical book that they would read and figure out how do I apply this? Take the class. It's absolutely worth it. Would you say it's the greatest achievement of your life? I would say it was the greatest pivot mo- pivotal moment really? in my life. Yeah. Ever since that point, I've never had to look back and go, oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe that wasn't a good idea. Nope. Crystal clear. Crystal clear in my fish and my focus and my mission. I'm looking it up right after yeah, this. Yeah, please that's, do. That's amazing. Wow. So you're there with like, describe it, 200 people-ish. Yeah, 200 yeah, uh, ish. So it's like, I'm envisioning, you tell me if I'm totally wrong, like uh, kind of like a Tony Robbins conference. Yeah. Little, is it a little bit like that? Very much so Which like it. I would it. love to go to one. I am so. still dying to get on the list, man. I've <laughs> right? like, talked to a few people and I'm like, oh, they're like, yeah, you absolutely have to go. So yeah, it is very much like that. But it's it's modified, right? Because like Tony Robbins is there to completely uplift you and motivate you and inspire you, right? This is the process of where they kind of say, listen, many of you may be at this point. Many of you may be below this point. Maybe even some of you are a little bit, uh, maybe a notch or two higher, but I'm going to guarantee you that by the end of this, like you are going to be a different person and how you choose to start your life over again after this totally will be written by you. And it's not something that most professionals and executives are like ready for. They're sort of like, I've built my life. You know, I've come to this point of success. Like, why would I change anything? And at the end of that weekend, you're like, oh my God, I got to reevaluate. 
It's so true. It's that's so cool. Yeah, I need to get into this. Yeah, I mean, let me know if you're ever up in Chicago. I know a couple of the instructors I will. there. I will, uh, but I'm more than happy to send you the link or kind of just send it to you so you can share with your listeners. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. let's let's put it out with the social media post when we drop this episode. Absolutely, I'd love for folks to do that. Now, did you find as well? How do I word this? Like as you're going through it, did it give more balance to what you're doing in your life? Because I we interview a lot of folks all at different points in their life. Some just like give it all to their career and then the family starts going, you know, lagging a little bit, but there really needs to be harmony. So we have Bo that's not here. We talk about, and I think you'll love this. We don't, we hate work-life balance. Yeah. I don't like work-life balance at all. It is. Here's why (laughs) is to me, I think that in order to be with my family, I need to sacrifice my career Yeah, and and to be better in my career. I should sacrifice my, my family, family, which is absurd. Don't right. ask me to do that. Yeah. So we talk about work-life harmony where they both work together for whatever that means to you. Maybe it's having your kid with you in a meeting. Maybe it's, you know, answering emails when you're on vacation at like 5 a.m. or making an extra 15 minutes and be like, yeah, come play with me while we do this or having work be okay with it. But just getting in that harmonizing everything together. Do you feel like you've effectively done that? I have. And, you know, I'm going to say it's always intentional, right? Like I said, if you know where you're willing to flex, it's fine. Right. But if you feel that that flex is an imposition on who you are and what you stand for, you've got to have the confidence and the courage to be able to say, listen, I, I can't, you know, this is just not within my purview. But if you really expect me to do that, I'm going to expect something on the, on the back end. So if you really want me to give up like another, you know, a 12 hour day instead of like an eight hour day that was what that's normal, then great. I'm taking off half of a Friday. And, and that's the conversation, that, right? That's the conversation people need to be ready to have. You're not going to get fired for saying something like that. And I always want to encourage my executives, right? Because, you know, professionals and executives, I don't care whatever degree you have, medicine, nursing, pharmacy, like you go through this rigorous educational process where you, you get to that point, right? Four years plus to, to get a residency. And now all of a sudden, like, you're the person, like you're, you know, you're, you're the superstar of the, the floor, the, the pharmacy, whatever it is. Uh, so everything is riding on you. But at the same time, like if you're not mentally a hundred percent or physically a hundred percent, what are you giving your patients? You know, you're so giving, true. yeah, you're giving less than a hundred percent. So and then what's the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's why people get, so you get into this rut, you know, and like, you're like, what's the point? I like to tell myself all the time and my, my bosses probably hate this if they're listening, <laughs> but I always like say like when it gets to that point, I yeah. tell myself, I go, it's just a job. Exactly. You know, when I think about it to myself, it's just a job. Is this going to matter to me in five years? Why would I worry about it more than five minutes right now? So I'm so glad you said that, Luke, right? You know, a lot of the recruiters that are here today, right? We have recruiters, sourcers, talent acquisition leaders that are coming from coast to coast, right? We've got people from Alaska and Hawaii, Maine and Florida and everything in between. And a lot of the conversations I'm hearing is about like, you know, the point of reaching burnout and how the conference itself is helping them kind of open their, expand their horizons and kind to see like, well, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's really experiencing this burnout. And managers and leaders are walking away thinking, these are some tools that I've learned from other ones that are like, yeah, we have burnout on our team too. Here's how we're managing that. So you're absolutely right. I think it's like a blend, right? Like you've yeah. got to be as an individual contributor to be able to stop and says, look, I know what my boundaries are and this is just not okay. But as a manager or a leader, you have to be able to recognize that and be like, are you okay? It's true. Yeah, you got to be able to say well, that. And I think it's coming around like post-pandemic here because we had, which was like nails on a chalkboard to me. We've talked about it on this podcast for like six months, like resilience 
was like the hot word. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to me, I was like, resilience, that just means you don't care about your people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So now health systems are coming around and they're saying, well, on our very difficult shifts, we won't allow them to work back-to-back shifts. Smart. We'll have travelers come in or do whatever we need to do in order to break that up. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a very emotionally difficult shift, we're not going to allow you to work back-to-back. To me, I'm like, mm, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. That's, where, that's where retention comes in, you know, uh, where they... They know that they actually care. You know that they care about you. And you know what? How, I don't care how many times I've spoken with you know uh, a client or a prospective client. Like, there's always something that gives them pause to consider: Do they want to leave? And that's the, that's it, right there. Really, like, it's not. I've spent 15 years with this company, and therefore, you know, what's another two or five? Right? There's if there's zero emotional attachment, uh, or a, an individual or a meaningful moment with that organization. 15 years means nothing. It means nothing. The the golden handcuffs or the golden parachutes is honestly just something that they're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I had a client that was uh, like a, a VP or a C-suite level executive for a health tech firm. Uh, in our conversation, he's like, I, I have another three years, but you know what? Honestly, I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to walk away from half a million today. I need to be here with my 18-month-old son. Uh, and I just can't do it mentally. So 100%. it's like, yeah. I get it. Say, you know, they, uh, Stephen Covey, right? Yeah. The seven habits. What was yes. it, the emotional bank account? Yes. Credits said, and debits. Right? Yeah. Credits, credits and, and debits. debits, right? That is so real, yeah. by the way. It really is. You especially know? with work. Like, I honestly think, like, in, especially even in my marriage, it doesn't matter in my marriage as much as it does at work. Yeah. Because I'll cut my <laughs> wife a lot of slack. And I know she cuts me a lot of slack. True. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. I'm glad that we're, I'll, I mean, I'm glad we're openly talking about that, right? Like, I could not do a, a single thing unless I knew that my wife had my back. 100%. Right? She, yeah. she does things. Right now, I have three aging adults that we take care of. And I'm here in Austin where she is like having to go take care of two post-hospital. Uh, I mean, she, they were just discharged from the hospital a week ago. No and way. I'm, I kid you not, right? So my son is there. My wife is there. And they are like, go. Go. You'll be back in four or five days. We will manage everything. So I might make the phone calls, but I'm not physically there. And, they, and I know... That I could not do it without them. So here's my shout out to both my wife and my son. 100%. Yeah. Iqbal, I give the last few minutes here to talk about whatever you want. You can give shout outs. You can talk very passionately about anything you want. Uh, but bring us home. And yeah. then we'll, uh, because I'm holding you up from happy hour, I believe. Oh, well, you know what? This is happy hour to me, yeah, right? Yeah, that's I get true. to talk to you. High five on oh, I love yes. that. So um, I thank you for the opportunity. So many of you may have heard of NACR. It's the National yep. Association of Healthcare Recruitment. It's been around for years. We have over, wow, this is our 49th conference here, right? It's crazy. It is nuts. Come it's on. super nuts when <laughs> I think about how many times this, uh, this, this conference has happened. Uh, but we are, we're just having an awesome time and we're really here to help support the healthcare recruitment industry. Lots of change. We've all experienced it. We're all trying to come through a pandemic and we're still adjusting to a lot of the the shifts that are taking place. But coming to this conference, being a member, Makes a huge, huge difference. Um, you know, in the in the line of work that I'm doing today, whenever I talk to professionals and executives, it's a real interesting insights to understand what's important to them and how they how how to transition to the next role. Healthcare recruiters and sourcers and leaders that are here get to be able to say, 
here's what I'm seeing on my side. There's always this disconnect, yep. right? Like you this, you talk to the, the client and they are like, nobody's listening. You talk to the TA teams and they're like, we can't find anybody. And there's always like two ships in the night. So I always love coming to this conference and I always encourage people like, Hey, networking, getting to know people, sharing what works for you and asking what, what can other people do to help is the secret to life. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I, I thanks so much for having us here. We, we absolutely love it. Uh, it's, it's what a great group of people, I know, uh, right? right? Just learning from each other and everyone's so eager and curious and, uh, talent acquisition pros, you gotta, you gotta get, get down here next year. I mean, do you ever have the feeling listeners that your talent acquisition process hasn't changed in 50 years? <laughs> You'll never know if you don't come to Knacker next year, cause Boom. then it'll be 50 years, right? Boom. I love yeah. it. And if you have, if you're not coming here, then it probably hasn't changed in 50 years. So. <laughs> Iqbal Acha, everyone couldn't be more uh, enthusiastic to have you here with us. And thanks so much. Uh, Astro listeners, that's a wrap. Still listening? Save your seat for the upcoming June 4th Ashra webinar with RX Benefits and Infirmary Health today. Questions for the speakers? Send them ahead of time to ashra.edu at ashra.org.